Hey Steve, what's going on? Good, good. It's, it's hey, another week, it's you? another podcast. I am, I'm it, excited, it's it another week, another it's another, another week. podcast. Um, and this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with with Steve. Steve, um, Steve, I had something I wanted to tell you and I forget what it was, so it must not have been that important. All right, anyways. Here's the rundown of the show, which is important because that will set the tone for the rest of the show. I, I I hate to label this one as our pandemic special, but I think this is kind of what it is. Um, we are going to spend a little bit of time discussing the pandemic and the way it's changed sports media. And then back up in your neck of the woods, sports venues have opened back up and what that might look like in the coming year. Um, and then this week's Old Guy, Young Guy... I'm interested to hear your your take on it. We'll save it for what it is, but I, you know, there's there's a couple things in here that I'm fired up about. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. I'm gonna embarrass myself there. Steve, too. the reason I, I I thought about doing this is yesterday was the one year anniversary of me going to the, the DC United versus uh, Miami. I forget if they're Inter-Miami, uh, and that is the MLS. It's soccer. I don't know if you're familiar with that sport. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so that was the last sporting I'm, I'm event good, so good. that I have, have – that is the last sporting event I've been to since all of this started. That is basically also kind of like my benchmark for the last normal thing I did before all of this started. So my question to you is, what was the last sporting event that you went That's to fair. before all of this started? What was it? Sorry, what you cut out. What was the there. last Penn State home football game that season before? What was what was the last Penn State football game that season in before? That would have been Rutgers, what it was. Whoever maybe. they played in 20, yeah. 2019 yeah. at home. Yeah. Yeah. Was that really cold? Was that the cold copy Rutgers game? No. That was Maryland Cup. That would have been the last one. Like, because I mean, we wouldn't have been. Well, no, I was probably at a Penn State wrestling match somewhere before stuff went south. But it's clear that you don't um, hold that. Like, like whatever it is, so it's yeah, not probably that big Penn State in your brain. okay, all right, that makes sense. Well, no, because it wasn't right up against the. It wasn't right up against the window of March. And, and in fairness, God forbid to our Penn State wrestling fans, and I'm. Glad right. I have well, season tickets. Like when the game, when the yeah. matches aren't close, they aren't as exciting, right? Like it's just going to watch someone get fed to the Lions, and literally, okay. and, and it's just not as memorable. Right. So probably a Penn State wrestling match. That Anna before. and I ask each other is, what was our last meal before all of this started? We do not remember going out to eat. Do you have like what? Like do you remember like the last public normal thing you did? Was it going to the movies? Was it? Well. Shit, we probably went out to dinner. Maybe we went out for dinner. I don't know. Like we've been, we've probably been out to dinner more in the past year and a half than we have before. In some ways, right? We've done more takeout. You know, we found a cool little restaurant up here that that did the masking thing and whatever else we've been there. Um, I don't know. Now, like, if I'd have known we were going to go here, I was thinking I have these little books, these my calendar books wow. that wow. everything is in, so I could go back to That's last March and tell okay. you well, what I did probably. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So no, I don't know. Like I, I, I just wanted to ask probably, because I, I feel like that'll kind of set the tone for today. So I, I feel like in the last year, especially in the last year, sports media and sports, the way we consume sports, has completely changed from 
pretty much it dropping into hat, you know, when the NBA shut down and then the next night the NHL pretty much shut down. The and then the tournament getting canceled to, you know, it coming back and virtual fans, virtual crowd noises. What do you think are some of the best and worst improvements in sports media because of the pandemic? The best has been the ability of producers and directors to figure out how to solve problems, how to put people in different locations on air together. Um, it felt like talk radio and some talk TV shows were some of the first to figure this out, right? We can't bring everybody in the studio, but we got to do our show. Are we going to use Slack? Are we going to use Zoom? Are we using Google Chat? Like stuff we don't see, I think, were some of the bigger improvements behind the scenes. Um, and I think that'll continue in some ways. I think the quality of interviews, you can, you can tell sometimes when someone's a guest, not by a certain, the way they were before over a phone line or in person, but I think that's going to continue. I think the remote broadcasters are going to continue. It's going to be a cost-cutting move. Like it's, if, guy, if guys and women aren't at games to broadcast them, that's not going to matter. That used to be a rarity. I think it might be a quarter to 50% of the time going forward. I just think they're going to say, yep, here's your assignment. Talk with the coaches on Zoom. We're not traveling. that's good or bad? Um, so I think that's been a big change um, and something to look I think it's bad. I mean, I, I think it's good for them to save money, but I think as, as, in terms of your job as a sports broadcaster is to serve do me, the fan. And you can't do that, that as well if as you're not you there. Do you just with can't. The writer. You do okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember years ago in the paper we would talk about whether we had someone covering it, or whether we took the AP story, and it, it, there's just the access and there's a presence. Like I know people who cover the Penn State football beat, I, you know, even when they had this past that's year, a good right? Point. And they went I just that so the team knew the they were there, always came right? Up, just like even if it was a high school game, it was like you being there acknowledges acknowledges the event for what it is, and it acknowledges that it's it's important to someone beyond just the the parents that are there. That's a really good point. Um, okay, so so from that. I think the best thing that has happened during all of this, you know, not that there are many good things, but one of the best things I think that has happened is the access to players we've gotten on social media slash, I don't really want to call it like in-game, but like video. I think I think now more than ever, we are hearing and recognizing and, and seeing what players are saying when they're saying it and actually like connecting that to what the audio actually is which i think is cool because i think for a lot of fans like unless you're at a baseball game and there's like five thousand people there you don't really get to hear all of that or, or even you know experience all of that i think with hockey especially like it's, it's one sport that the sound is just as important of uh, you know whether it hits the goalpost or the the skates crunching or the crunching of a hit things like that I think that the way that that has changed in broadcasting, I think, is has been one of the biggest, most the, the largest improvements ever. I think the other area that it's improved in, and I know you love soccer, is with soccer. It's it, you can now hear their conversations, but at the same time, I do miss fans. Like I do miss mm -hmm. the the ambient noise of, of of crowd noise in the background. 
I think that's the sport that I miss it the most with because I think that sport relies on the ebbs and flows of the crowd a little bit more than football would. Football, it's like mm-hmm. if you're the home team and you're on defense, you're just gonna everybody's gonna be loud the entire you know the entire time. Um, that's good, and I'm trying to think of. I think the thing that I don't like the most, I think, is I am worried about the commercial commercialization of sports. Um, I think I just see that these ads that we keep seeing everywhere, I don't think they're going away. Like the NHL said, the, the helmet sticker logos are going to go away. Now they might have. And did that that actually might happen because when they did the outdoor games they had the team logos as opposed to the whatever local healthcare provider logo on on the helmets um the the ads m- most of the ads that are around stadiums on in the stands they don't annoy me but i guess now they they annoy me more when there's fans in the stands Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Like, And I think they're all there to stay. I mean, I, I, the helmet sticker is a good point, but I think the jersey stickers that have popped up, I think the sideline TP size, TP style things and removable scoreboards, I think they're going to be here for all the outdoor stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. and that used to be the way that you could differentiate between the leagues that had money and those that don't, right? Like the, the NFL didn't need to do that crap because it had a boatload of money. Now everybody's going to do it because, well, we can do that. And there's going to be somebody that doesn't sell those seats because realistically – Maybe like those seats at the 50 for two rows right, yeah. are good a little bit because you're right by the team, but they're not a great seat. Right. So if they can sell that strip of stuff right there and you still see fans wouldn't shock me if it happened. And certainly on the field, like I think the stuff along the sidelines and whatever else is going to continue mm-hmm. to be there in all the sports because now it's, it's found revenue. And and they it took them a while to figure out how to use it and to make sure the camera shots got on it. But now that they have, I think you're going to have partners and, and, and advertisers say, hey, what about that thing? Can we have one of those? And, and they, they may say, well, we weren't going to do that. But then when they say, well, we'd like to pay for to have one of those. I, I do wonder. One of those might be sticking around. Like I said, forward. I haven't been to a sporting event since that DC United match. Um, I do wonder what they look like in person. Like, I, I know, have you been in, were you in Beaver Stadium during football season at all? What did, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm trying yeah. to think. Oh, no, this past season? No, 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 sorry, sorry. No. No, I, well, I think the sideline ones you, you look over. Like, I, I don't think you see those in the stands. Like, I think you're looking out in the field, and it's just kind of like clutter you don't notice. And there'd be, and it'd be a way for there. It's a way for having those would be a way for universities uh, to clear sideline yeah, clutter, too. Like, those places that care about how many people are there or whatever else, right? Oh, we got this there. You can't have people standing there. Um, and the, the, the stretched tarps over segments of the stands, I think you notice those mm-hmm. more. Like, because those are up above your eye level a little bit, it seems like. Um, yeah, like I, it, it, it'll be, it, every, different people will notice it different ways. The year that Penn State put oh, the Geico yeah. ads yeah. in the portals, when people walked out, where you walk into the stadium, like that was about six years ago, they right. popped up and I was like, for me, they noticed them because there was nothing there for, for 30 years before that. And they were obvious, but as people get used to what it. What else do you think is gonna stick around? I don't think they'll notice them as much. This in, in kind of the way we consume sports, the way we don't consume sports, do you think, do you think these alternate broadcasts will stick or become more of a thing where you've got, I feel like you, there are more of the betting broadcasts this year than ever. Some of that is just the legalization of betting, but um, 
you know, there's uh, the NHL is now doing like their deeper stats ones. The MLB Network last year did them where they did a heavier focus. I think those are here. I think the other things are the things you just talked about. The sound, I, depending on what the rights for the specific teams the leagues allow, it wouldn't shock me for a second screen experience or third screen experience that is uh, clubhouse sound or you know a, a series of four cameras with somebody mic'd, like if they can allow it, depending on what they do, because people are now, they like that. They found that, they, it's interesting. I think if they can find a way to do that, they've done it with oh, it was a Penn yeah. State Illinois basketball game and a couple they others about two seasons up. ago. Fox yeah. Sports did that, that ambient broadcast or whatever they called it. Yeah, like I think those kind of things might let's, pop up more. I was going to ask about that. Let's, um, let's talk about I that. I think Zoom interviews are here to stay. Zoom interviews are here to stay. Because I've, everything I've read is, like I, I know the NHL, the, the Professional Hockey Writers Association has kind of pushed the NHL to say, to commit to, we will go back to normal eventually. Uh, I think the NFL's writing association also did something similar. But I don't know. Like it, I feel like in a lot of ways – at least maybe a phone conference when, when the players get, you know, like throughout the week with Penn State where the, the players are in class or whatever and they do do phone calls. I can remember Gary hanging out with Gary Gilliam and he would have to go out outside yep. of the hub to answer one. Like, do you think that's going to stay or no? Like, yep. do you think it will that become the Zoom, I guess? Yeah, I think that'll become a Zoom. And they've been, they've been Zoom this year with players, right? Like they've done the Zoom stuff. So I think that's easier. I think... Start of the week news conferences for colleges. You know why make people drive? Why do whatever? I mean, if there's not a lot gained, mm-hmm. I mean there is a lot gained. I think by being there. Going back to the first answer of being there. If I'm if I'm a writer in the room with Guy Godowski from the Penn State hockey team and can see demeanor and body language and patience on an, patience on an answer as opposed to him trying to figure out what box he's looking at when he answers you, that's just a different experience. But it's so much easier. I mean, for the teams and organizations, whether it's college or pro, they might go back in person to post-game live stuff, but I'll bet you pre-game during the week, media day stuff or media access stuff will have a Zoom component to it. I feel like it, most... Along with real... I, if I know Penn State's one real. of the bigger programs, so I don't want to speak for... Like, I, I wish I knew more, but I feel like for the most part, it, at a Tuesday James Franklin press conference, it has been the Zoom format where it's, here's my question, what's your answer? Here's... Joe's question, what's his answer? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it just moves down the line of beat writer, beat writer, beat writer. Where I do think we lose that and have lost a lot of that is is post-game press conferences. Like, I, I used to or try to watch every single post-game press conference that a team that I care about has. And I just kind of find myself, like, lately just not watching them because I think they're... It, there's nothing exciting that comes out out of them, other than when the flyers that one flyers player like went off on a beat writer. Right. There's not like it's it's just they're they're much more dull this this time around. Well, so from the organization standpoint, right? You, there's they're dull. There there's more to control. There's less chance of stupidity, right? You know you're gonna you're gonna get something done, but or, you know you're gonna get you're gonna control the message from the from the media side. Yeah, I hope the organizations the media organizations push to have them because there's just there's just something more genuine about it, you know and, and and there's a line there there's a you know having watched big 10 wrestling this week my biggest pet peeve of all broadcasts and it's been here to stay for a couple of years is that the wrestler 20 seconds after the match is over standing in front of a live microphone 
panting, trying to get his breath and give you an answer. <laughs> we could give him a minute or two and he still probably just gives just good of answer. Now, now I understand the downside of that is three years ago or whatever it was, you don't get Bo Nickel from Penn State huffing and puffing and saying, this is what I came here to Penn State to do. This is what we... So there's a, there's a point there where that you lose the authenticity and, and the whatever, and the spontaneity. But yeah, I think those pieces are here to stay, unfortunately. I just think I, they're going to say it's easier. I, I do hey, guys and women. You know, not hockey, but I don't know, because that doesn't make sense. Because I'm thinking about like I'm thinking about our friend Mark Pavlik, who I know listens to this podcast. Um, hi, Pav. Um, I I would want to say like yeah, like he would stay in Zoom or like Russ would would well I I don't know about Russ I don't I don't know if he would touch does he know how to use a Zoom probably okay all right so. Like, sure he does. Sure he does. But just going to Pav's office as someone who used to cover the men's volleyball team and sitting down and, for lack of a better term, shooting the shit with Pav about five other things before actually getting to the interview, I think there is something about, invaluable about that, and I hope that those sports don't go away. I think hockey has always kind of been the weird, I want to say guinea pig at Penn State, but it's kind of this interesting line because it could be a much bigger deal in like in terms of the media coverage that it gets. And that's a, not a knock at anybody. It's mm-hmm. just, if you look at what Minnesota has versus what Penn state has versus what like Robert Morris has, I, I think that, I think it's kind of going to be in that echelon with wrestling. It's, it's very niche, but, so I, I would hope that that's another sport where they don't lose that because I think there is something invaluable about that. But I will say one thing that Penn State SIDs, at least when I was back there and you covered things more recently, when on a Tuesday afternoon when you are interviewing players, like there are a lot of good organic conversations. So I would hate to see those go away. And that's how you get the feature story. That's how you get the, the story about them doing you know this in some math organization or 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 something that is is not related to the sport that we're we're covering at all and just happens to be you know about this athlete so i i I wouldn't want to lose that either yeah that's the other side i mean there's the side of the coin where you control and know what's going on and don't have silly access and something stupid happen but then the other side is relationships, right? Noticing what you know somebody's wearing, noticing they got a different shirt on, making it making some kind of comment. Just hey, how was your weekend? You know, just being able to do those offhand things that you can't do in a structured Zoom call. So, I mean, I think we're going to get back to some of the normal news conference and media interaction things, open locker rooms and places that that, that do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But Zoom will be, you know, Zoom was zero two years ago for that kind of stuff. Year and a half ago, now it will certainly be. You know, twenty percent of, of a program's baseball teams, is the one leagues, sport that I'm really in terms of public relations. What happens with all of that? Because from what I understand, baseball and kind of always baseball has had like the most lenient access. Like, I'm pretty sure you were like I know that even like covering when I covered Altoona Curve games, like you could go into the clubhouse up to like an hour before opening pitch, basically. And you could go get a quote or a, whatever you need. Now I don't. I mean, now like it's a lot harder. And our club's going to see that and say, eh, you know, "Do we really need this? Like, let's let our guys go work out or go go do this." So, 
I, I don't know. I, I I think there's also so much content. You can get so much content post-game out of There's 162 baseball games a year. Like, I think you can – it would be inter- interesting to ask someone about that that covers baseball professionally and, and kind of hear their take on it. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, we'll find that out. Like you my last me. question on, on nice sports media, and this one isn't really related to sports media and the pandemic, but it is related to the pandemic. You could go back in time, and same result, same everything. What What is the one game you are going to in the last year that you missed out on? One game that I missed out on that we almost went to and would have gone to had there not been a pandemic and we'd have been allowed to travel. And we almost, I still couldn't convince my wife to travel because we probably could have done this, but the tickets were more expensive, was LSU at Florida at the Swamp. Because okay. it was on, on it was initially okay. on an off Penn State weekend. And we have friends who live in Gainesville. So when the Penn State football schedule comes out, my routine now is to look at LSU because I just think it'd be cool to go see them play somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida and Army. Like, when's the weekend we can go up to West Point? And this fall, um, Florida LSU yeah, I don't was remember. initially. It might not have been when the schedule got tweaked around. Um, but we we were 50-50 on that. I mean, the flights were ready to be booked and everything. And it was probably going to be like an April or May pull the trigger on it, and for everything blew up in March. So we could have been in the swamp for 37, um, 34 with okay, LSU upsetting. Um, you know. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm one of the fortunate souls that my sports team has won a championship in the last year, but that's not my answer. My answer exactly. would be the Penn State-Ohio State game this Uh-oh. year, and here's why. I think if Penn State, if that game was played in a whiteout, Penn State would have won. It would have dramatically changed the entire season for both teams. I don't think Penn State would have would have lost another game after that. I don't know if Ohio State would have lost, but I don't know if they would have at least met or, or went as far as they did, you know, ultimately. Or, or not one, but no, no, yeah, that's a great answer. I think, and that, I think you're, you're, pro- you're a lot of people are like, go right. with the pylon. And you know? we, I know we harped about it every week, but I think that game is really where Penn State season kind of just were like, ah, this doesn't matter anymore. Like, let's just get through it and get through it healthy. So that would be my one game. Yeah, and the lack of energy in the stadium yeah, made I, a difference. I, I, you know, I think that team right. plays better with people. Um, speaking of people going back into games, I. I believe that Pennsylvania allowed, what was it last week now at this point, allowed, will allow about 15% of fans in stands in indoor arenas, and I think it's slightly higher at outdoor sporting ven- uh, venue, venues. Um, Steve, you live in Pennsylvania. You, I don't, but you know, not that far away. But do you have, do you, does this do anything for you? Would you go to a game in a pandemic? Oh yeah, yeah. I'd have gone in the fall. Like, sorry, <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah, like I'll, I'll be ready to go back. I don't know what will get me. And it'll be football season. There'll probably be a an auto race maybe this summer somewhere just to get something out of my system and go to a spectator sport. Um, but what would make me want to go back will be the availability of a ticket that I think is affordable price. Like I, you know, and at Beaver Stadium, I, you know, I don't think Penn State's going to have a full stadium, but I think. Well, I know our seats are in the very last row of the stadium. Nobody sits by us on a regular basis, so I think we should just be able to get in. Like, I think they should say, look, you people in the very last row, go on in because nobody's sitting by you anyway. Um, 
so yeah, I'm I'm ready to go back. What, so what, right now, hesitation or I, I still what your it's not discussion be about. I don't. I mean, I don't have the vaccine in me yet. I don't. Do you? Do you have the vaccine in you yet? Okay. Okay. I do not, but everybody so else, I, everybody so in our family that matters on both sides does. So. I don't know. I, I kind of like sitting on on my couch and drinking beer. It, it, it's nice. Like we. It is nice, isn't it? I don't know. I, <laughs> I debate it, and I do miss I do miss the feel of sports, and I do miss appreciating a game in person. There is something different about just seeing a game in person and understanding um, the way it would work and the way the game moves, the way the game flows, and just like that communal spirit of, of being in a community together with people. But I just I don't know if you're going to get that right now. Like like the Lightning are opening their stadium back their arena back up for 38,000 or 3,800 people. I like, I just, I don't need to go to a lightning game that bad. I don't. I I was ready to go. I am ready to go now, but no one wants to go with me to Wisconsin for the first Penn state football game. Flights out of university park airport. No, don't do that. $250 round trip. There's thousands of listeners listening. I know. I know. Well, yeah. There you go. go. I'm sure they are, and I'm not allowed to go anyway. Nobody wants to go with me because they think the, the tickets aren't going to be available once we get there, and what are we going to do in Madison? And I said, I hear there's a bar right near the stadium or practically in the stadium. My plan would be to get there when it opened and just hang out if we don't get tickets. But Yeah, even like even Perhaps that's not going to happen, so we'll see. Maybe, maybe. Here's the deal. Like The thing that I think about is, like, and I know some stadiums and arenas are like changing the way they do this, but... I was talking to a coworker even about like their kids going back. Like, what about like it like three p.m. You know, when every kid's out of class, like that hallway. And I'm think the, the the thing that I'm thinking about is, is there's two spots. There's one spot on the first base side at, at PNC Park that is very narrow, kind of up kind of near Permani Brothers. And then I'm thinking about every single one of those tunnels at Beaver Stadium where yep. it's it's like too wide per, per like it's like a too wide area but sometimes you can make it a three wide but you kind of gotta walk in sideways and i just i don't want to be around people like i went to a grocery store recently like like very recently even though everything started to ease back and there were like six people in the aisle and i was like mm, no you know what would be interesting and for the penn state officials that are listening i'm sure there's many of you a cool content thing would be a behind the scenes thing on how the decision was made like drop us into the meetings about what that argument was and told us, let us hear an argument from somebody about why would why to do something or why not to do something. Yeah, because I think there's more people in your camp, I guess, than I, not that I care to acknowledge, but that, that I know, right? Like that, that just, that concern is there. And I think that's why the stadium's not going to be full, right? People are going to say, look, it's going to give it another year. That value proposition of my health and wandering by somebody in that portal is not worth it or whatever else. So I think... It'll be very interesting to see the decisions people's make, people make, and how stadiums try to accommodate that. They had um, Scott Radisic during this Penn State Sports Business Conference on a panel talking about how Populous, one of the companies that builds the stadiums and the architects that design them, is talking about cashless transactions and obviously digital tickets and um, you know doors that open or close automatically so you're not touching things, like how places can retrofit or be created or in the first place to handle these kinds of things. And I think our stadium experiences so will too. be I different, mean, much different once we, we get we back. We can save in. this conversation for later because we are, but, uh, you know, the 
the cashless payment and like so for example when you go to a dc united game now or so, soccer again we're talking about soccer all the time i'm telling you soccer next month we're talking about the mls i'll see all month long um so when you go you you can you can download the dc united app and on the dc united app there's your ticket because it's it's got connection to Ticketmaster, but it also has a way for you to order food well the, the food lines are very long and there's like only like two cashiers it, cause it's, it's not that big of a stadium but there's also just it and i think they do this on purpose because they want you to use the app you can also order food on in the app it will tell you when it's ready and then you can go pick it up so you don't miss that much of the game and then you come back right right to your seat you didn't have to wait in line you didn't have to mm-hmm. do anything to me now every time that i go to audi field that's how i buy my food like uh, that's what i do because it's it's more convenient i think there's going to be a, a ton more yep. of that i even think at beaver stadium where the concessions are world class i think that we're going to see that um what else there was another thing oh I, I, what is your take on the what is your take on the paperless ticket thing like oh they true. were going anyway i mean we had them already at penn state we hockey was paperless you know, wrestling was paperless. You know, you get the lanyard. Oh, it looks like I didn't it, it's, they it's, were a, doing it's that. a credit card size thing with the RFID thing in it. I thought just, they were doing just, just the phone. Yeah, like hockey's been like doing the, that for a season thing. and a half. Oh. They have both. You can do both. You can do, like, as a season ticket holder, I had the RFID thing. So, no, I think they're going there. And I think the other thing, Penn State-wise, and this will be down the road, too, this is the perfect confluence of events for them to start worrying about or start working on making things work with less attendance, right? Like, if we're, you know, say capacity, I mean, they're not going to be full at any kind of number that has a nine in it this year in the first number either, let alone a 100. Mm-hmm. But, like, how are you going to survive that way, right? So this is the new math. Like, what's the new math? You know, we're going to put in whatever the number is, and you're going to pay a little more, but we're going to have these conveniences. And they can start resetting their budget a little bit based on that lower attendance that they're going to get to when they retrofit the stadium, if they do. Although, if they're not making money, maybe they can't do that. Who knows? But, yeah, like, I think that the paperless thing, people will do it. I mean, I think the the percentage of people who are uncomfortable with that has gotten much smaller in the past year. And, like, here's the thing, like, not to be whatever, and the whole stick of this podcast is old guy, young guy, but I feel like there's a lot of, as I call them, like, Rob from York, PA, who is 86 years old, and he's gone to every Penn State game, and he can tell you when – Wally Triplett was out there scoring touchdowns and, you know, remembers this one very random Joe Paterno <laughs> moment. And I just know that, like, I, in my heart of hearts, know that that guy hates the fact that he does not have a ticket anymore that is a piece of paper. Or he doesn't have it. He has one of those jitterbug phones that... He does. That doesn't, doesn't, like, let you scan the ticket. Like, I know that there are workarounds and I know that that's a very small... But I just feel like those people... Are the it's the uh, what's the, the the vocal minority the the small vocal minority of people and so I I wonder about that as a fan it does suck. There's a couple games that I'm like ah, I wish I had the ticket from. I keep the the ticket from the Penn State Ohio State game that in 2016 right. in my wallet like it's in my wallet. Um, but I just yep. it, it it is annoying. But at the same time, like I don't know. I got a camera. No, I think it's. I think that's the nudge. I think 
I think if there been, wouldn't have been a pandemic and Penn State would have moved to RFID tickets last season, which I don't know that they were going to for sure, but they were certainly thinking about it really hot and heavy, people would have bitched a lot. I think people will still complain this year when it happens, but that vocal minority will be a smaller minority. And at some point, Rob from York and no, his wife Heather aren't going to be able to walk up all the way, all 68 rows of the east sections. It probably is. But I've, I've told my wife many times, we've been sitting there, and you see these couples, and God bless them, I appreciate the passion, I appreciate the interest. <laughs> but when it takes me 15 minutes to get from the bottom of the stands to my seat, like that's when I don't need to come anymore. Stop it, turn on the TV at home and stay there. So, but yeah, I think they're, they're, going, to be, oh, they're going to be nudged to have to work really hard on the workarounds for people. People are going to really want to have, to have, want to have those workarounds for, the, for any vendor of any program to say, oh my God, yes, we're going to give you this piece of paper and do whatever else, because we're not going to have technology to yeah. set. And there's maybe be one person at each gate who does the exceptions, right? Yeah. And the rest of the people, we're trying to move through and get you doing because um, that's just it's going to be safer. I do get very you know? jealous of the fan. Like, I think I know like the Lightning do this. They actually like they gave every season ticket holder a jersey, and then they put the, that chip in the jersey. And then you can mm-hmm. scan, and it's. I've seen it at Caps games too, like when the Lightning yep. play the Capitals. It's like you get a card, and, and then so not only is your ticket on that card, but your like hundred bucks for food is on there, and your hundred bucks for souvenirs, like you, food you stuff. that you get yep. a twenty five percent off at the team store. And I think that's really smart, and I would prefer that as a fan because it's just way more convenient. Yeah, no, I think that's where we're, where we're going. I think that's one of the changes. You know, Penn State's athletic administration has really grown in the number of people in the past few years. Like the size, the sheer size of administrators and people have changed. But I think part of, the, part of them to be worthwhile in what they're doing is going to be to lead this kind of change, right? To lead these kind of things and make them happen. And I think people are expecting that, that now. That the, the number of Penn State football fans who only go to a Penn State sporting event Probably isn't. It's big, like, but it's probably not. Yeah. More people have seen it, seen it done other places than that. Like I've got right, they're going to come back and say, "Hey, why can't you do this?" Big city living, it, like going to going to Capital One Arena or Verizon Center or whatever it's called now, and they, you know, mm-hmm. they do that where they'll you, there's like the, their beer taps, for example. Now they have beer taps where you can just buy a card for the entire season. You put the card in this little thing, and then you tap the beer, and you don't have to like you know they don't even have to worry about a person. They've already the transaction's already been taken care of, um, right? Right. I was just gonna say I know, I do know, know that they have those. See, they have those in downtown State College, so people are already accustomed. McClanahan's, right? Do they have them at the other one? The McClanahan's. The... Uh, okay. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I don't know. That that's one, on the other side of town. It's too far for me to walk. That one fueled my college though. The one on Allen Street. That was the the four dollar subbed every day and the uh, the yeah. Yep. Oh, mm. Eatball madness. <laughs> 99-cent meatball um, Mondays. Okay, last question on all of this. So you just said it already a little bit, but you don't think Beaver Stadium will be full at any point? What? What? No, I, I, like, I, I just don't. 72? No, Is that too low kidding. or too high? Um, I just don't, th- I don't think they can. 50% sounds low to me. But, like, again, I, I don't have any hesitation about going so you know somebody who's maybe you know a little more worried about it might not go that high but 50 percent sounds low 100 percent is definitely high so if they got 
65,000 things I think thing that's where it's going to be like, like 65, I think that'd be a victory. In that um, ballpark. I think all the students are going to get in. I think most right. of the season ticket holders are going to get in. Who knows if I'll get in. Um, but I'm interested to see that. I think, I don't know, I mean, it's it's March March 8th right now. We still haven't heard anything about it. And I don't want them to say, I don't want them to be like, hey, we're going to do 40%. Hey, actually, we're going to do 65%. Like, the, the world is going to be a completely different place come football right, season. Right. Like, legitimately, like, there's a very real chance that either most of the country has the vaccine or, like, we're, like, but most of the way things have gone and, and what people that are more important than you and I have said is that there will be there will be a vaccine that is easily available by the end of June or end of May. So, I don't know. I'm... Well, and the technology makes the technology makes pushing that decision off easier. I'm surprised we haven't heard, hey, get your Nittany Lion Club donation in to reserve your season tickets, right? Because to me, that's free money. They, no, I they're think not they're giving waiting. you anything Here's for it. They're I just think. queuing I up the line again. If they don't announce anything until July, I am fine with that. Because at least they have a plan. You know what I mean? Like, at least they're not... Like, I'm good with it, too. Yeah. That's true. Well, they could do that, but they could do the first part and not have a plan, right? They could do the first part and get me in line. But they don't have to print Party tickets passes, now, right? Though. So that's the thing. They don't have to print tickets at all. <laughs> so they can wait till July or August and make right. a decision. No, that's true. That's well, true. that's true. But they could do those all on the phone, too. You know, so they, they, there's no rush that's not controlled by them in terms of making this decision or any other program okay. all right. that way. Um, but technology has changed that. Anything else you want to add there? Okay. Nope. Um... Sure, we'll be to a pulp. Short show. Coming we're, weeks we're and months would be great. We've got a good pace going. Thanks for sitting with us if you've made it this far in the podcast. Um, all right, this week's old guy, young guy kind of ties into everything we just talked about. Uh, Steve, you posed the question Do I carry cash? Do I carry cash? No, I don't. I don't, I don't have my wallet here. I think I think I had $2 in there, and that those $2 were in there for probably a month and a half at least, and then I tipped them to a uh, at a bar, uh, brewery on Sunday. So, no, I don't carry cash. And my wife hates that I don't carry cash. Um, I, uh, like, a little bit more, but not much Does she more. carry cash? I have never. No, no, no. Wait, no. so it's I'm your responsibility saying, like, to carry the cash, cash in a relationship? Well, but okay. she, like 20 bucks, maybe, at most. I, I have not, I, I mean. Okay. I don't. I, like my mom, when I first got like a checking account, bank account type thing, she was like, you should carry cash on you. So here's like, make sure you're always like withdrawing like X percentage of, and and then I got to college and I just didn't mm -hmm. do that. Like I, everything was on my card. So what do you do? Right. I have a little more cash now than I used to, but not a lot. Like I'm, I'm doing, I mean, if I'm getting gas, right, it's probably like a card. I mean, I just, in terms of regular transactions, I like having cash just some, but my wife ends up probably just having more cash than I do just because she's smarter than the money person. Like, God forbid anything stupid happens. I'll never know what happens with the money in our house. But, um, like, I have some money. I mean, I have, like, 20 bucks, you know, kind of a mix, enough to tip for, like, a small dinner if, if we do something or enough to, like, buy a paper or something. But, of course, I don't know when I bought a paper. So, no, I don't. I, I just kind of threw that out there because I was curious the difference. I don't have – I don't do a lot of – cash i guess when yeah, i was doing I some plumbing stuff for the house it was um, cash but you also ask 
what about reward stuff? So are you a big, like, so <sighs> in my generation, when, especially in D.C., the big thing to do is go out to brunch. And then there is a massive brawl, basically at the end of brunch, for who pays for brunch for the 10 people that you went to brunch with because of the credit card uh, credit card points. Do you do, like, are you a credit card points kind of guy? Yep. We are credit card points okay. people with our American Express for points for for flights for travel. Like so, we'll use a can use a, and, and our our daughters. We both told if you, when you get your credit cards and, and you start changing them over, get something that can you can get rewards for whatever it is. Like if you're going to travel, get rewards travel. If you're going to get money back, but get get rewarded for something. Um, so I do that. What I don't like as much is like I have a Sheets card, but they'll ask me, do you have it with you when I'm going to buy something? And I never have it with me. Like I'll use it for gas to get my three cents, but I never have it with me. And my wife has always beaten me up to go to Sam's Club here because with the Sam's Club card, you can save like 20 cents on gas. Every time I go and use that card, the damn machine doesn't use it, doesn't work. Like it's uh, reinsert, reinsert. I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. 20 cents is over for me. I'm going back to sheets. Like, I don't uh, care. So we have, we have a Costco. I know. That's what she tells me. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get better. Kind of. We were like, well, now that we have a house and can buy, not that we like need to buy anything in bulk and we don't really buy actually that much. Just like, like we bought, I bought a 200 thing of, of of uh, trash bags and I know that that'll last me two years um, but but yeah now I have them but that's the great, biggest but perk to Costco is the gas and the saving the like it was 30 cents the other day was the difference mm-hmm. between like our local gas station and, and Costco I'm learning it's just a pro. like I, I appreciate it and I'm learning but honestly I went there two days ago and put that stinking card in three times and every time it told me to reinsert your card, and I was like, okay, I'm out of here now. So, and so I, it's, it's a patience I, thing, perhaps, more than the card process. On thing. Sunday, and I, for my phone, for some reason, didn't save the app or properly. It's like in there, but I don't, I don't see it. Do you, do you do the apps like Chick Fil A, like, like Anna's uncle who lives in Florida, he, him and I have like a little like kind of pseudo competition on who has the most Chick-fil-A points. Um, <laughs> do you do those apps? Like, are you into? If we the only places we would go, I mean, the places okay. we shop most regularly would be like Wegmans, right? Wegmans, so I get my points every Wegmans time I go there, I save my, rewards, but I don't have apps. Like, I don't are there really anymore. rewards or do they just tracking like what you buy? I know they're not. not that, like, the, they're not just the tracking what I'm doing. doing I, I'm with you. But like, there, you. there are no perks to Wegmans. There are not. I've never gotten a discount there ever. Right. No. No, because it's just the stuff that's on sale that you got to have the card for it to actually be on sale. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, no, because we don't, we don't have. This is fast food two weeks ago, right? Like we're just not going anyplace else that we'd be tracking it. And even if it was like a brewery or brew pub. There's probably just not that much places that we would go that often that the rewards would matter. Our biggest thing is buy everything and pay it off each month with the American Express, and then I'm See, okay, piling so up like, points like Chipotle, like I for my use, flights for I wherever we go. Because I get, I get their their points and their rewards, so I'm I'm big into that. Yep. All right. Okay. That makes yep. sense. All right. Well, I don't got anything else to add. That's you good. Else? I thought so. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. No, nope. Robin Mary Jean. Robin Mary Jean, don't send us oh feedback. Oh my gosh! Um, Facebook because we know Robin Mary Jean have. Um, email the show at stuffsummersayspodcast at gmail.com. 
with our Twitter handles. Or no, no, don't email us with our Twitter handles. We know what they are. Um, give here, give us some feedback, and here are our Twitter handles. Mine is at stuff summer says, and yours is at Steve Samsel. But yeah, Robin Mary Jean, if you I want to tweet at him, that's okay. That there is some just super nice, super nice Korean War veteran that. What would be even better oh, is if somebody man. listened this far in the yeah, podcast be, and pretended they were Robin, Gene, and Blastomus. Yeah, that know, would still be pretty cool. Like I, he has like all the buttons, too. He's got all the buttons on, and he's he's PO'd that they haven't brought back the, yes, uh, the programs. The, they're now digital. And, and he's and probably the, got a pair uh, of those whale pants, right? Headphones with the radio antenna sticking up. Yep, yep. Oh, that, all right. Yes, All sir. right. Well, that that's it. Oh, nice. Mary Jean. Nice. Goodbye. <laughs>